Welcome to a new episode of The Argument with Paul Price. On The Argument, we bring thought leaders and others to our podcast to discuss product launches, new architectural styles, uh, arguments within the architecture community, as well as I am starting a series of just dialogues discussing architecture as a practice and ways to be successful. On today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about customer engagement. Recently, I've posted, uh, we've posted a uh, bit of Bach uh, article on customer engagement to understand a little bit more and to help to architects um, understand how to become customer obsessed. Now, why is this such an important topic? Well, the the notion of engagement goes much much deeper than we have traditionally treated it as technologists. Now, uh, if you're a potentially a business architect, uh, possibly a, 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 an enterprise architect that has done a lot of customer engagement work, this may be a very familiar territory to you, though I have seen that we need to improve the numbers overall in, in how we connect the architectural decisions we make with customer success. So again, the, the notion of customer engagement, let's first, let's start off with what is that? What does it mean to be customer engaged? Well, the notion of a, of a customer engaging with us is actually quite difficult to understand because engagement itself is like architecture. It's used for everything, right? <laughs> there, there are all these words that we use that we just literally never go look up, but we just apply them to everything. Um, so the engagement means to occupy or to attract, participate or become involved in, establish a meaningful contact or connection with, pledge to enter into a contract to do something, or reserve in advance. So you can really think about engagement. It, 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 it's used in a lot of different actual definition contexts, right? So uh, engaging a plumber means that you're going into a contract with a plumber to fix your pipes, uh, which is quite... Uh, familiar to me as I come from two generations of plumbers until I realized that they that, that I could get paid to sit behind a desk and type on keyboards. So uh, instead of being out in Texas sun at 115 degrees, uh, you know, working on people's sewer systems. It's, it's just a really, really, really wonderful thing to stop having to do that uh, for a living. So the, the <laughs> goal here, right, is to understand engagement, right? The um, the, 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 another use of the term engagement is he or she was highly engaging, um, meaning I was effectively attracted to the way that this person interacted. Now, that, that, that means it meant that it was entertaining to me. All of these things actually play a part in the uh, notion of a digital customer engagement. A digital customer engagement uh, might be, you know, something like a single use of your website, or it might be a protracted kind of interaction over multiple months in contract negotiations or a supply chain integration or some other form of digital engagement. Now, we want to separate digital engagement from things like traditional customer-based thinking, right? So this is not how do you make architects into marketing people? It's what elements of customer engagement impact our digital strategy? And, and then how do those elements impact specifically 
our decisions that we make, right? So, and, and we've, we've traced these decisions all the way down to infrastructure level decisions, right? The difference between something like an HTTPS connection versus an HTTP connection can be deeply impactful to customer experience in terms of their thinking about how secure they are or wor worries about security. Um, the, the other things that we want to look at, though, are, so, so again, it, it's really important that we think about engagement not as, a, uh, as just a marketing endeavor, but how does it guide our investment decisions in technology strategy all the way down to the team level? And this is where we get into the really, really fun stuff. Now, most of you know that I consider myself a software architect, even though I've worked on huge projects, you know, reporting to top-level executive management and, 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 you know, was a chief architect in, in, in a large a number of large organizations. Um, but I've always considered myself effectively a software architect because I identify with the competencies of a software architect, and it just, you know, it's kind of my gig. So why should I care about customer engagement? Why should my infrastructure architects care about customer engagement? Um, so why, why isn't that just a, an enterprise architect thing or a marketing thing, you know, the business? Um, and I'm not gonna go on the tangent of talking about the business. I'll make that a, a future podcast and why use of the term the business is in fact the devil. Um, but what we're gonna keep talking about is a customer engagement. So. Customer engagement basically means getting into the heads of your customers, uh, you, uh, your partners, uh, but fundamentally, you are feeling what they feel as they work with you. Now, for architecture at the ISA, we consider that to be the architect's role in terms of understanding the technology impact on that overall process. So if I'm sitting in with uh, other business people, right, I'm thinking about things not like, well, how well is my, you know, how, how well is my customer service done in person to person, but how hard is it to, to, to get a person on the phone uh, or via chat uh, or will chatbots solve certain problems in a more valuable way? Uh, does that actually reduce our customer engagement or increase our, our customer engagement? I might be thinking about social media. I might be thinking about uh, website design. I might be thinking about uh, all sorts of these sort of AI-based, uh, you know, innovative ideas. But I'm also really digging into what does our customer feel? Now, to do that, you've got to get into their heads. And in that area, we actually have followed the 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 notion of a kind of um uh, of uh, something that uh, came from explain many years ago called the empathy map right so we've been working with this in the in the bitabok uh, which is the business techno business technology body of knowledge um business technology architecture body of knowledge <laughs> this is my first solo podcast so uh, I'd ask you to bear with me as I'm basically freelancing this um, or freestyling this. I'm not freelancing it. No one's paying me. Um, but the notion here is, and I, you know, I'm going to kind of uh, point you to the Bitabok. There's a uh, or to GameStorming.com. Uh, there's there a thing called the Empathy Map Canvas, 
And the empathy map tells you that customers understand you or your product in certain ways, right? They have um, the kind of who they are. And who they are is about, you know, their individual emotion, thought patterns, cognitive biases, age, uh, net promoter score, you know, like there's all sorts of components to who they are. And we're going to get into that in a second. Um, but ultimately, they have a goal, right? What do they need to do? Why are they? So if I'm on, uh, I'm about to fly to Sweden. And so I've been recently on the KLM website. Uh, there's a whole bunch of people designing my experience related to what I need to do. Now, what's interesting in the what you need to do area is we often talk about how what we need to do as people is actually not, uh, it's not the obvious thing. So, for example, in this case, I do not really want to take a flight. That's not what I need to do. But I do have to be in Sweden next Monday. So what I really want to do is actually be in Karlstad uh, on Monday evening and stay at a hotel so that I can be in a, 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 a training session for Isacore on um, Tuesday morning. So we call this difference the jobs to be done. So as we're digging into empathy, we're trying to understand what it is the customer's really trying to do. So I'm back on the KLM website, and I'm digging around, and I find a lot of stuff about my flight. I don't find anything about being in Karlstad because, well, it turns out nobody flies directly to Karlstad from Amsterdam. So um, I'm seeing a lot of things, right? Um, I'm doing this from my home. Like, where am I located? So again, the empathy map really digs into this person in terms of where they're at, what they see. So I see your website. I see emails. Uh, what do I say? Right? Well, I'm actually doing a whole webcast or podcast uh, and um, uh, YouTube video on the on what I have to say about this experience. Now, I found the experience to be as troubling as all of us do, right? But it's not as bad as some, and it's not as good as others. Um, but the fundamental goal, my fundamental objective, uh, is to actually just make this as easy as possible. And there's a number of things that they've done that, that I want to tell you about, because they go directly to integration choices, so, uh, technical choices, and architectural or technology strategy investment decisions. So for example, I've gotten a number of emails from KLM about my COVID uh, needs for this particular journey. And they've gone as far as to say for this trip, I'm flying from uh, Amsterdam to, uh, to, to Gothenburg, and then taking a train from Gothenburg to Karlstadt. Now, they don't know anything about the train part, so I have to go do that myself. Now, see, this gets into customer engagement, digital customer engagement. If they were really thinking about my jobs to be done, they would be asking me, where do you need to be? But we'll get to that in a second. Let's go back to what they're doing really well in customer engagement. And what I'm telling you about is they do make it very, very easy for me to understand what COVID restrictions apply during my during my flight process uh, or the flight portion portion of the job I need to do um, and that goes into kind of what they do what you know what are what are they providing what are their actions um, what do I do what do I have to do 
So I didn't make the booking via KLM. I actually made the booking via Google Flights. Um, then the, uh, or I found the booking, sorry, uh, via Google Flights, and then I made the booking via KLM. So there's a portion of my job that I had to use two different sites for, and there's an integration between those two. The other thing, what do they, what do I, what, what does a customer hear, right? So this is, uh, the empathy map is really digging into uh, this whole notion of really getting into the mind of your customer, what pains they feel, what gains they feel, uh, and what they really need to accomplish. Now this tool is built into a larger set of tools uh, that we call um, uh, digital customer engagement which includes a whole set of these canvases and cards, which allows us to kind of dig into understanding and, and growing customer engagement. Now, uh, keep in mind, all of this can be done in a single session. Literally, it takes no time to fill out one of these. And the reason I'm digging into this is because it's so little a part of the average solution and software and infrastructure team discussions. Uh, so this is going to be kind of my beginning discussion on customer engagement, but it's definitely not going to be my ending discussion because there's so many things to dig into. So we, we'll just call this part one. And part one is digging into knowing who your customer is. Now, this gets fun because a lot of us use the term customer, uh, client, user, and stakeholder quite interchangeably. Again, um, we, we, what we're trying to do in a bit of box is get a very practical, simple set of techniques that aid in communication, uh, aid in facilitation, and then finally aid in decision making. And that's really the point. But fundamentally, the bit of box says the client is actually anybody who is the employer or client of the architect. So you may be a, a consultant or you may actually work. Let's say you work for KLM. KLM is actually your client as a professional architect. Now, even though they're your employer, those are synonymous in the Bitabot because it is the person you're doing your architecture work for, right? Um, the customer, interestingly, is always the customer of the product impacted by your work. This gets a little tricky on the inside. So we'll get to the hard parts of this in a second, but think about it this way. I am KLM's customer. Their internal groups, meaning, um, you know, if I worked for KLM, their internal employees are stakeholders. They are not customers, right? They're not my customer as an architect. Um, KLM is my, is my client, but my customer is always the passenger or the company buying tickets or the other myriad, myriad businesses that KLM is in. The economic buyer in this case, is also me. Though, honestly, uh, if you really want to understand the nuances of this at an advanced level, the people paying for my trip are the people paying to learn from me some of these techniques in Karlstadt. So in actuality, while I'm the economic buyer of this ticket, the actual purchaser is the, the person uh, for this ticket is actually the person paying me to go there. So this gets really fun. And now keep in mind, none of that matters in, in a day in and day out in the sense of how, how you decide to use these tools, right? So you can say, 
in my case, uh, this is a valuable concept that I am both the customer and the economic buyer of KLM. Now, I am only using their website. There is no people interaction, uh, which means I am primarily the customer of whoever designed the technology that sits behind their website. And I have some, uh, some, some, some pains with it. And I have some gains with it. One of the gains I got, and you can imagine this on the, you know, I'm, I'm not bringing this up yet because this is my first podcast, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of do this uh, with shared screens in the future uh, because I think this is going to be a valuable way to start talking about architecture, start talking about arguments that are out there. Um, also being very pedantic about this because I want to simplify communication. Um, we have these tools that allow us to then dig into who are our customers, right? So one of the tools, in addition to the empathy map, or in fact that we've integrated the empathy map with in the Bitabok, is effectively what we call personas. Now, a persona in customer engagement is really a grouping of customers that we give a personality to, right? So Paul Price, with a little picture of me and an age, which uh, is 47, uh, an income bracket, I am male, uh, you know, I live in Amsterdam, but I have this whole personal story, right? So we, we you know, Paul Price uh, travels a lot. Uh, he, you know, he has a daughter in Colorado. He's, a, you know, works in the technology field. He's um, very, very literate with uh, digital kinds of techniques, so he's going to be very, very difficult to please if we are using sort of old concepts in, and he can get better digital service from another airline. Um, he also travels so much effectively that, you know, he's, he may be a better expert at, our, at, at KLM quality uh, and KLM operations than some of our employees. <laughs> um, so again, and this is not to pull out KLM, um, it, it's my airlines because I live here and they've been a, a good airlines. Uh, but I also have some pains that, with working with them, right, and the jobs I need to be done. Um, so as we get into customer engagement, we use these persona cards to group customers into uh, what we call personas. And the personas are effectively what we've called users in traditional IT. But the word user is just so fundamentally awful, right? There are two fields in the world that use the term user, right? One is technology. And the other are drug dealers, right? They only like it's just the worst in the world, because we to, to 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 technologists we often treat our customer or our stakeholder like they are just gray box little those what are the UML guys right? You know, little UML stick figures. That's our closest to getting customer you know, obsessed in architecture is we use, oh, look, no, we're really customer obsessed. We use these little stick figures and this one has a happy face. Um, you know, what we want to do though is it's a whole different world when you're designing software, you're designing infrastructure, you're designing business processes, you're designing, uh, you're, you're facilitating the discussion amongst other stakeholders, other business people um, about this sort of customer if you are not thinking like, oh, that's the user, right? It's much easier to design for Paul Price than it is to design for user 32 or customer segment. Uh, what would we call me? I guess um, 
regular flyer, you know. Um, so it's much easier to design for personas than it is to design for uh, these, these, these horribly named users. Um, so this has been an episode of the podcast with just me. So we're trying this out, or I'm trying this out, and I'm going to probably keep trying it out because, I don't know, this has been kind of fun. Next time I'm going to share my screen so that you'll be able to go to the YouTube channel and be able to watch as I navigate some of these concepts. Now, this isn't all going to be about the Bitabok, by the way. I plan on having, I've got a guest next week that I'm excited about uh, getting recorded and, and published out there. We're going to have a number of different guests and arguments going on, but I thought I would start to add this, uh, this sort of, a personal podcast to be able to update and and grow the kind of discussions and dialogues and arguments. You can always find me uh, on the comments and and sections on a bit of on the ISA Global website. I'm pretty easy guy to identify and reach out. And we can, if you would like to discuss this and you are an expert or have an argument to bring to me, I would absolutely love that. Anyway, thanks for joining us on this episode of The Argument with Paul Price. And I will see you next week. <laughs>